All right. Well, I'm Alicia. I'm Katie. And this is Crime Squared. Episode three. Yay! We've made it this far. We want to say thank you guys. So far, so now good. we're officially able to get sponsorships. Yes, keep week. subscribing. And give us a review and rating on Apple. It helps us out more than you know. <laughs> Have we had anyone actually write anything on there for us? Not yet. Ooh, who's going to be our first one? To. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Awesome. Uh, so you want to go first? Again? I suppose so. I have a short one this week, though. Okay. So... This one, I normally put it in the title, What State It Is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Indiana. Ooh, okay. We're there. We're there in that state of pregnancy, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll have to deal with me for another 10 weeks like this, at least. <laughs> okay. So, 53-year-old Elizabeth Catherine Carcerino, or she also goes by Elizabeth Freeman, is who I am doing my case on hmm. in Indiana. Lynn Gay Keen, who was a 70-year-old woman, was reported missing on June 30th of this year, 2021, oh, by her family. Her family had not heard from her since June 14th, which was really unusual for her. They normally talked like a couple of times a week. So for her not to call her family and say, you know, what's going on with you guys or check in with them was really weird. So Keen's family had hired Corsarino to be a live-in care provider for her. So since she was getting older, they didn't want her living by herself and they weren't close by to be able to take care of her like that. So once Keen was reported missing, all leads were pointing to her caretaker as she was supposed to be watching over her at all times. Which, I mean, if you're paying someone to watch over her at all times and you don't hear from them either for two weeks, it's a little I was going to say, even, even my fully competent friends that are close to my age, if I don't hear from you within like two days, I'm like, what's going on? I don't wait like, a week, okay? let alone two. <laughs> are you dead? Like, what's going on? <laughs> let me get your neighbor's number just in case. <laughs> Do I need to have the police do a drive-by? <laughs> All right. After Keen was reported missing, local deputies and investigators went to the residence. Once they were there, they noticed that the vehicle that Keen usually drove, a 2000 Lincoln, was missing. Later, that vehicle was found in another um, county jurisdiction, the Cherokee Police Department's jurisdiction. And... The car they found was locked and the keys were hidden underneath the driver's seat. So whoever Ooh. took it had the keys. Hmm. When police, when the police department searched the vehicle further, they found that there were two bags of empty concrete mix in the trunk, which oh. a 70 year old is not going to be moving or using concrete. No. Let's be realistic here. <laughs> Tim Austin, a detective on the case, stated that they knew something was up when they found the vehicle abandoned. And working in coordination with the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation detectives um, working on the case obtained a warrant for the home. Back up. This is South Carolina, not Indiana. <laughs> That's my <laughs> next case. I'm sorry. Get it together. So this one, your state is South Carolina. Yes, my state okay. is South Carolina. Can we just... <laughs> Can I just cut that other part out? Hey, it is seriously Friday the 13th for you over there. Oh my god, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, bear with us, people. It is Friday the 13th that we are recording. Not when you're listening to this, but when we are recording. 
I must have walked oh, under a ladder or stepped on a black cat or something because <laughs> it's not going well today. Okay. So Cherokee County was in North Carolina over the border. This is in South Carolina. Okay. So they were working in coordination with the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation that found the car. Okay. And they obtained a warrant for the home. So once they went inside, they were searching and found a block of concrete in the basement. Ooh. Just like not attached to anything. Didn't look like it fell off from the basement, like an unfinished basement or anything like that. It was just in the basement. So after some work on the concrete, they found human remains belonging to Keen were found inside of it. And they were able to identify the remains based on the dental records. So, so upon- there's... There's a huge similarity between our cases this week. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And we have money, guys. We have not even discussed our cases with each other. We don't tell each other our cases before we record. So we just completely go into it blind. (laughs) (laughs) So upon first glance, when they opened the basement door, detectives saw so many flies. And that's usually an indicator of something dead. That's what they said. During the autopsy, the coroner determined this to be a homicide and that Keen was deceased before she was placed in the concrete. And the cause of death was found to be blunt force trauma to the head and strangulation by ligature. And they're thinking that it was a belt that she used or was used on her. Oh, man. After Keen had been reported missing, her caretaker, Carcerino, was caught on surveillance cameras at a store using Keen's bank card and driving her car. Idiots. So she wasn't being very sneaky. Nope. Carcerino was later taken into custody at a local hospital on outstanding larceny, identity theft, and financial card theft charges. The hospital had called the police department to let them know that she was there as far as they knew and she was originally admitted to the hospital due to reported drugs she was on drugs oh that's great it is believed carcerino had helped due to had help due to the fact that each bag of concrete weighs approximately 80 pounds and she was only five foot four inches that's a lot to have two of them 160 pounds fit person i'm sure that she wasn't able to lift that on her own well she was 54 too oh geez yeah so i mean that's a big factor my mom's in her 50s and she's fit but she's not that fit (laughs) i am not i'd be pretty impressed (laughs) (laughs) especially because you said it was in the basement yeah oh yeah so she had to carry the bags of concrete down to the basement not to mention i don't know if you've ever mixed concrete that's a heavy B-I-T-C-H. Yep. To actually mix even just one bag, let alone oh, two. Yeah. And then put a person in that concrete. Like, but so, okay, so they put, I mean, did they have buckets of concrete or just like legit big concrete blocks and they put a whole body? Like, was the body dismembered? No, it was a whole body. Jesus. Yeah. But from what I could tell, like, they didn't say how the concrete was formed. So I'm assuming they had to use, like, a, a barrel or a giant bucket or something. Mm-hmm. Put it all in there and then, like, stuff the body in it. There's a whole lot of planning into this. Because, also, I mean, two bags of concrete don't go that far. Mm-mm. That's why I'm trying to figure out, like... Unless they, like, poured it over her. Like, they had her body, mm-hmm. and then yeah. they poured it over her. They didn't have I any didn't. of those details as to what. Did they know this victim? Because when you, I mean, I guess when I think about strangulation, if you're using, like, a rope, that's one thing. But a belt, you're usually <laughs> wearing that belt before or after. So it's very personal if you use, your like, your own belt. Well, I'm almost done. Oh, okay. So this case is ongoing. It just happened in the last two months. So Carcerino is currently in jail on a $1.6 million secured bond. And she could be making her first court appearance on Monday, August the 16th. 
this coming Monday. Oh, snap. So, outcome of this, but everything leads back to her given that she had the concrete in the victim's car. She was the last one seen with the victim, the victim's car, and using her bank card. And she's Hmm. supposed to be watching over this person. And she didn't even report that the person was dead or know that the person was dead. She was out doing drugs. Yeah. Well, that's super sketch. Not off to a very good start there. No. I'm going to keep this one on my radar because I want to see what actually happens. Oh, heck yeah. But in my mind, I'm pretty sure she did it. And I have no idea who would be the help that would help her. Did the house not have any... This is where that ring doorbell comes in handy so you can see who comes in and out. Well, it's a 70 year old. <laughs> <laughs> the 70 year old didn't have it. <laughs> well, I mean, if if the 70 year old had a caretaker, so then the family hadn't heard from her for over two weeks, you'd think, hey, I kind of want to know what's going on at my family's house or whoever. So I'm going to have them, you know, install this so that way I can see when they're coming in and out. I could see that. I can also see, since elder abuse is in such a high percentage in America, mm-hmm. that's where this would come into play. I feel like if I had a grandma or a mom who was elderly like this, I would mm-hmm. install a whole bunch of ring oh, yeah. around the house just so that I can Nanny cams in. galore. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, this is 2021 and she was found in a concrete encasement in her own basement and, and how long does it take to settle because i know when we had our driveway done they told us not to park any cars on top of it for at least seven to ten days it was probably like a ready mix mm. so i know when we cemented our baseball hoop in it was like 20 minutes and we could stick the your, post in your basketball hoop yeah what i say baseball. Baseball. Oh. <laughs> Dear God. You are a mess today. Uh, yeah, basketball hoop. Uh. Oh, man. Oh, uh, so I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, man, you're such a hoop. Mine sucked today. Mostly. <laughs> well, man, that's, that's kind of scary that they just let their family member kind of go MIA for two weeks, especially knowing that she's 70. Right. And it wasn't usual for her to go that long. Like after a couple of days, I feel like I would have done a wellness check. Oh yeah. Like especially with, that close. If you have a caregiver for her, I mean, that's pretty much kind of, um, I don't want to say like every day could be like the last day, but you still want to check in every couple of days just to make sure that they're okay. Because now it's been two weeks, and I bet you anything that family's not waiting two weeks to talk to another family member again. No, and she was only 70. So, yeah. I mean, my grandma's 86, and she's still kicking. Yeah. Living on her own, doing her own thing, still having coffees with the girl at Burger King. Like, yeah. this yeah. is probably an early grave for her. It doesn't sound like she was, like, completely on her way out. Maybe she needed some assistance, like... She was in a wheelchair or something, but yeah, just hmm. two weeks. That's unfortunate. Just goes to show you can't trust everybody. And I also wonder if that family had any, like how long has that caregiver been a caregiver for her? And second, did they have, did the family have any red flags, like any other issues with that gal or did this just come out of nowhere? Not that I found. Hmm. I don't know when they hired her that it didn't say on the other reports because this is still pretty recent yeah but I bet as they do like more investigation and stuff we'll be able to find out more of what's happening this was more of like a news at 10 kind of story yeah (laughs) what happened so you'll have to keep us updated when you find something else out on her because that's that's interesting hopefully Monday super unfortunate yeah, poor old lady. Okay. 
well, you short. <laughs> yeah, you were not kidding. That's all right, though. Sometimes those stories that are ongoing, especially when they're so recent, it's kind of nice because that way we can kind of check in here and there with an yeah. update on it. So my story is obviously from Etsuko. Um, They are called the Monsters of Ecatepec. Um, that's a small suburb um, right outside of Mexico City. Um, it is Juan Carlos Hernandez. He was born in 1985. And Patricia Martinez, born in 1980. They are both from Michoacán, Mexico. Um, Juan Carlos, let's see, growing up, his mom was a single parent. I guess she enjoyed dressing her son up as a girl a lot. Mm-hmm. So she enjoyed um, it, but he didn't. You know, I couldn't find anything saying that he did not enjoy it, but I would assume he did not. I mean, I can't imagine most boys growing up would be very okay with their mom dressing them as a girl. Right. But obviously we can see his mom was a little off in the head already. (laughs) It gets better. So it gets better. Do you mean it gets worse? Way worse. Okay. Way worse. Like what? Um, his mom forced him to watch her be sexual with her partners. Um, and then I guess later on, Juan Carlos, um, started talking about how he was abused by one of his female caretakers when he was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like at some point I, I couldn't find how old he was. I would assume like early teens, but he had fallen down a flight of stairs and suffered some severe, um, traumatic brain injuries. Mm. um yeah but still not an excuse for everything that he did at all um so patricia martinez she was born 1980 she was apparently very manipulative growing up i couldn't really find much about her parents besides um you know that they didn't um help raise a good citizen um she was sexually abused growing up supposedly um her family was really poor a lot of families from, I don't want to say just from Mexico, but really anywhere, if you're growing up poor, yeah. usually means that you spend a lot more time either with your family or working hard. I couldn't find that her family was either one of those. Um, very early on, um, doctors determined that she was, um, she had border intelligence disorders. Um, apparently, there's quite a few different ones on those. So she's actually really smart. Um but she just used that intelligence to manipulate the people. So that great duo. She um, so, just didn't use it for the right things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they actually met. Um, Juan visited this restaurant um, bar where Patricia Patricia worked. She was actually a prostitute there. They met in 2008, um, and I guess he had been known for. Um, killing people um he just had a like i don't think anyone really was able to prove it but i mean it was just rumors that he was just not a good person they began dating anyways they were actually together for a total of 10 years um before they ended up in jail um but they had some some articles that i found said they had three kids and some articles said four um i'm not really quite sure where the kids were at through a lot of this but i have a picture on there of them and they look just like your average Joe, so I was kind of shocked. But don't they always? Yeah. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you can tell. When one of our friends was here this last week, Canadian, he was telling me about um, some notorious serial killer in Canada. Uh, I think something to do with like masking tape. I'm not really quite sure, duct tape or something. But he looks really. I don't know. By looking at him, you would be like, "Ooh, yeah, I, I could see that." Let's see if I, I, I remember I googled his name while he was here. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, Robert Picton. Yeah, just by looking at him, you, you'd be like, "Ooh, yeah, I could see him doing some, some fucked up." Yeah, right. He kind of reminds me. I don't know if you ever watched the movie The Wrong Turn. He reminds me of those guys. Just kind of patchy hair, long. They just don't take care of themselves. Probably walks a little. You could have warned me funny. about the pig in this photo. 
I, I mean, I would assume what you pulled up is the same thing that I pulled up. Um, no, sure. Oh, yeah, no, that's not what it pulled up for me. <laughs> you hit me right in the gag reflex there. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously, looking at him, you, you, you know, your guess is probably pretty he accurate. He looks a little out there. Mm hmm. We'll just say that. Um, okay, so I guess that this little small suburb outside of Mexico City um, was one of the most dangerous for women. Um, I guess Mexico in general is probably one of the most notorious for femicides, which just means that um, killers usually seek out women and girls, just females in general. Uh, so that's always fun to worry about when you're out trying to vacation around. Um, okay, so three women named Arlette Olguin, Evelyn Matus, and Nancy Huitran, and her two-year-old little girl went missing. Their mothers happened to join forces and started kind of investigating and doing their own research looking for them. They soon came to realize that all of the ladies had one contact in common, Patricia Martinez. The mothers then contacted the police, and they were finally able to just kind of take a step back I say that with like a very heavy grain of salt because if my kid went missing, even if cops were involved, I would not be stepping back. No, I'd be would, very heavily involved. Be any stepping back. But considering they've done their own amount of research now that they've taken it to the cops and the cops are like, all right, you have something going on here. Like we'll take over. I mean, at least they know that some more, maybe more thorough or deep investigation is probably going to happen now. And they're pretty involved, but turns out, that Patricia mainly would lure the females in through their business because I guess shortly after starting a family, they started selling cheap costume jewelry, clothes and perfumes and cell phones out of their home. Um, or they would try to recruit women to be housekeepers. Um, Juan Carlos would then, once Patricia got the women in the house, Juan Carlos would then rape them, sexually abuse them, and usually kill them. Um, he would either slit their throat or stab them to death and then dismember them. They would then also sometimes dump the bodies in empty areas um, in their neighborhood or even in bodies of water. Arlette, Evelyn, and Nancy, unfortunately, did not survive. But Nancy's two-month-old baby girl was. Um, I guess she was never harmed, but the couple did sell the baby to another couple that was later arrested. Um, and then it looks like they were actually fined for human trafficking because they sold the baby. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so after this other couple that bought the baby was found, they, um, returned the baby back to their grandma. So she thankfully made it out of the whole situation. At two months old, I highly doubt she remembers any of this. So she has hopefully as normal of a life as she can try and live. Um, but they had lots of other victims. I mean, they had a mother and her 10-year-old daughter, they had a couple other single moms. And they also had a 22-year-old that was identified as Fabiola Kun Reyes. Um, one of their first victims was Luz del Carmen. She was a 13-year-old neighbor. Um, apparently, she let Patricia borrow her phone. And when Luz realized that Patricia wasn't giving it back, um, she went to go get it. When she was in the house, because that's what Patricia would do, is she would recruit them to come into her home and so when she conned her with her phone, Juan Carlos then tried to rape her, but thankfully she was on her period, so he didn't rape her, but that didn't stop him from getting what he wanted one way or another. I was going to say, that um, often doesn't stop people who are yeah. that way. Meanwhile, Patricia was watching all of this. Um, he forced young Luz to perform oral sex on him, which then resulted in her throwing up, which set him off. And so he killed her. Um, Yo, I mean, what? Yeah. Given his worse. habits, he probably was not the most cleanly person either. Yeah, I mean, that's a great assumption because I thought the same thing. But it gets way, way worse. Which, this couple. Uh huh, go ahead. Have you kind of to derail a little bit have you seen the thing on tiktok where people are like avocado tastes like clean dick what? i was like what what kind of avocados are you people eating yeah i don't watch tiktoks unless you or my mom send them to me oh. but 
Um, I'm glad I don't because ew, who does that? <laughs> who compares the two? Right? Whose first thought is, hmm, clean dick. Yeah, no, that's dirty dick. Like, what? That's just where my mind first went when you were like, she threw up. Well, that didn't taste <laughs> like an avocado, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, like this poor girl, but <laughs> TikTok. I know. Oh, man. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um um so this couple enjoyed dabbling in cannibalism yeah so they feasted on luce's legs for a few weeks i'm getting you right in that gag reflex yeah the rest of this episode so like why wouldn't you go for like the butt or something Something like I mean, a I'm, sure, more I'm sure they did at some point. I mean, the girl was only 13. Oh, she's probably string beans. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I figured. Um, I couldn't get myself to really, like, look up a lot of these victims because I don't, I feel bad already as it is, like, reporting on them, especially knowing that they're young and dying usually. Yeah. I can't get myself to look at their innocent little thing. Oh, I just can't do it. Um, so on this particular girl, they, they, the articles that I read, they feasted on her legs. They didn't even say, like, they just ate. Like, they feasted on these legs. So the couple Stop would... feasted. I know. They would cook the bodies, um, the meat and organs, sometimes even in various meals. An example. Roast beef, carne asada, tamales, chili, and carne con chile. Uh, yeah, sometimes they'd even feed the organs oh, yeah, right. to their dogs. Food for me right now. I know, I'm so sorry. As I'm reading this, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to eat any of these things for a while. Um, usually they just ate, like, the meat. They even, like, called it, like, filet sometimes. I'm like, oh, Yeah. But they were very accustomed to giving the organs of these women that they had killed to their dogs. Oh, yeah, let me see. I had actually just pulled up another article right before we got on this that said, uh, oh, here we go. Okay. Um, I guess that there was a video from one of Juan Carlos's, um, like, when he confessed that you can hear him saying, "I in this quote unquote, I prefer my little dogs eating meat from these women to them continuing to breathe from my oxygen. What? Yeah. He, he, for some reason, was just very angry with women. I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, his mom was pretty fouled up and didn't do a very good job raising him. But that doesn't make any of what he does okay. No. Um, have you ever heard of La Santa Muerte? Our Holy Lady, uh, Our Lady of the Holy Death? No. She is... Um, I don't know. I mean, I know most Mexicans know who the Santa Muerte is. Um, I'm not really sure that that's really something that other people, especially, like, I know Catholics as well. I mean, I knew about her growing up. But um, she obviously was a saint. Um, Patricia and Juan would offer the, the hearts of some of their victims to her. But when their offerings aren't fulfilled, the Santa Muerte is known to punish them. Um, Whereas in this case, they believe that's how they were caught because um, one of the organs or hearts that they had offered to her didn't make it to her because I think their dog ate it, like had gotten to it prior. Um, and so they think that that's why they got caught because everything that they had offered was not complete. So she was, they were punished. So basically, La Santa Muerte, or I guess in English, Our Lady of Holy Death, um, she was notorious for healing, protection, um, financial well-being, and a guided path to the afterlife under her protection. So basically, you promise her this, um, and then she'll grant you your favor, prayer, or wish um, in return for your belief. If you betray her, you are usually punished. Um, so I know, <clears throat> I want to say, okay, I don't want to say sound like a good holy saint. Um, dead children. I mean, you, you could do it as, I mean, it's not something that she, like, says, you know, that's something that I'm not okay with type of thing. It's just this is how people kind of 
stir these things up in their head that, okay, I'm going to offer you this in exchange for me to get this. And it's not like, obviously, something with it doesn't talk to them. It's kind of like they're praying to her as she's their God. So obviously, when you're that messed up in the brain, you just think, you know, I'm going to offer you the heart of all of these women that I'm killing in exchange for you always taking care of me and me not going to jail, basically, or getting caught. Um, don't do it. Oh, I agree. 100%. <laughs> um, I did find, I mean, and I think it just depends because I know a lot of people believe in, there's a saint that supposedly watches over you when you're like driving in a car. Is it St. Michael? I don't think it's St. Michael. I always know that they're, well, I'm not religious at this point in my life. At one point I was. Even growing up Catholic, there was all kinds of saints. <laughs> but I know, I mean, when I did my first communion, um, I had, was it my first communion or my confirmation? I don't remember one of those, but um, there were some of the nuns that came to the church and were helping with that. And they gave us these little, I don't know, little dangles that you would hang like on your rear view mirror in your car. And it was yeah. a saint that supposedly like guards you while you're out on the road and driving and all that. I had just started driving. So it was supposed to protect me. Um, so just things like that, where you, you know, you say your prayer before you get, take off in the car and you say your prayer before you eat a meal, that type of thing. So the Santa Muerte, um, I think she really, like people just believe that. It was just like another God or another saint to pray to. And so I think some people obviously took it too far, but there were a lot that were, you know, just take care of my family and we will promise you this. Like I know my aunt and uncle back in Chicago, they have um, the Virgin Mary in one little nook in their house and they have the Santa Muerte in another. Apparently Santa Muerte is very jealous. This is all, you know, from hearsay and from the Bible and beliefs and like stories and whatever. Reaper. Yeah, basically. Um, but it wasn't always such a negative thing. Like I think... I mean, I know that they have one, but they just always, like, give her money. Like, I mean, they have some nice large bills on her. And they just, like, pray to her, you know, to take care of us and avoid any type of death in our family. Not that they were promising anything awful like that, that I know of anyways. I mean, my uncle and my aunt are pretty so awesome. Like, like, keep the, the death away. Yeah. So I think it just depends on, like, how you are as a person. Obviously, these two, Juan Carlos and Patricia, were up to no good. So that's all that they knew. But they took it the wrong um, way. Yeah. But I mean, people like really believe in the Santa Muerte in like a very positive way, like to really just, you know, keep our family clean and healthy. Um, and so I found a nice picture of that. She was all decorated. Like people kind of like when you go to like the cemetery and you decorate your family's gravestones and stuff like that, like you do it in a positive manner, not ever in a rude way. So whenever I see the saints, like St. Mary or St. like all those, they all look the same. Like it's a lady mm-hmm. with like her headdress. Like they all look the same. Yeah. Pretty much. Santa Muerte is like, yeah. Santa Muerte has definitely taken a little more of a turn the last few years. Um, I think actually when the Santa Muerte started out, I think it was actually a male. So I'm not sure when it became a female or how all of that went. I, I'm not like, like I said, the I'm angel not of death. Mm-hmm. So do they, I'm not religious, do they have like different head coverings, like yeah. colors? Yeah. So hers, she's usually carrying, I think they said it was like a, um, what is that movie? Nanny McPhee. She has a cane. <laughs> but, um, I'm trying to think because they, they said that she would hold it in her hand, but it was believed that if her stick or whatever that was touched the floor, it would like change like the area. I don't kind of like, you know, which is like a snap of a fingertip, <laughs> like it kind of changes like that. I can't remember what they called it though. Like but she staff. usually has a, yeah, a staff. Jesus. <laughs> a staff. That's I guess we're on the same. We're on the same here. I, I watched Nanny McPhee like two days ago. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, Tell me your mom oh. without telling me your mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Santa Muerte usually has, if, if you find one of her statues with any color on it, it's either a red or a white robe. Red is for um, blood or love. And then the white is just for purity. Very drastic differences there. Yeah, I would have thought black, but okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can find them black nowadays, but I guess originally that's how they were. Um, okay. Uh, 
Let's see. Okay, so back to the story. Um, both Juan Carlos and Patricia underwent um, psychiatric evaluations. They were both obviously meant or found to have mental disorders, um, as if we couldn't already tell that. Right. Um, but they were still both completely capable of deciphering right from wrong. So <clears throat> upon being arrested, they were actually found when they were pushing um, a stroller. And I have a picture of that for you as well. So Patricia is seen in the picture pushing a stroller with kind of like a blanket covering it up. And then Juan Carlos is carrying kind of, it looks like a dolly. And it looks like it just has a bunch of bags piled on top of each other. Kind of like shopping bags, like those um, reusable ones. Yeah. <clears throat> and I guess the street so the cops went to pull him over essentially because they thought that the missing baby was who they had in the stroller but when they were able to get them to stop and they pulled that blanket away they did not find a baby they found human body parts i knew it was going there oh (sighs) they were they were covered in plastic in the stroller and then on the dolly that juan carlos is seen pushing in the picture he also has human body parts in there. How so, old um, are these people just walking down the street? Oregon. I know. I know. Um, okay, so they are obviously both completely capable of deciphering right from wrong. Because remind you, Patricia is actually super, super smart. Um, so it looks like when they were arrested and they had these body parts in the stroller and on the dolly. Um, shortly after being arrested, they had admitted to killing at least 20 women. And there were a lot of articles where Patricia said that all the women were raped or sexually abused at some point by Juan Carlos. But he actually only admitted to raping one before he killed her. Yeah. So at some point, obviously, they kind of turned on each other. But there was an article where Juan Carlos said that he doesn't know if we'll get out of this one. But... If he ever gets out, he will kill again. Yeah. So So don't let him get out. Yeah. So let's see. When he was arrested, when they were both arrested, it was early 2018. And shortly after they got caught, um, police, um, it was shortly after those three women and their mothers, after three women went missing, their mothers started investigating. So shortly after that, this couple was actually caught. So the police investigated their apartment or their house, I should say, not apartment. And they found body parts wrapped in plastic and organs wrapped in plastic in their fridge and freezer cooked on the stove and also in buckets full of concrete. What are people in concrete? I know. It literally does nothing to hide what you did. Exactly. And especially because these bodies were dismembered. So it was, so they found, I think it was like eight or nine buckets of concrete just randomly in the house. So then they broke them apart. Mm -hmm. So then they kind of broke the the concrete apart and then found that it was body parts in there. So I think only four, four were identified, but I think that the remains that they found all together belonged to a total of eight different women. Yeah. That were just like waiting to be cooked or in concrete. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mind you, a lot of them were also being dumped in vacant lots or bodies of water near their house. And did they always really remember them? Um, yeah, from what I saw, I didn't really read anything where they found a full body intact. It was just lots of body parts here and there. Mm. Um, yeah, so they are still actually being. Um, tried and sentenced for a lot of the murders that they did, Um, but it's an ongoing list. So they were both sentenced to life um, and charged with the murder of that 13 year old female. Um, I think that was in 2012 maybe. And they were sentenced to, and all of these in Mexico apparently you get tried separately. Mm -hmm. For a lot of them, yeah. So they're little by little as they're identifying women being charged with them, not just well, for all of this stuff that you did in the last 15 years, this is what you're being charged with. So Okay, so they're having individual cases for each one of them. Yes, and okay. they are both being tried separately. 
So she's being sentenced to this amount and he's being sentenced to this amount. So everything's individually. So then okay. they were sentenced each to 15 years. Um, let's see, that happened in April of 19 for murdering that, um, I think her name was Nancy and selling her, her baby, the two month old. Um, and then in May of 2019, they were charged with an additional four and a half years of human trafficking for selling the baby. So the baby four also got it. Mm-hmm. But at least the baby was, you know, okay. involved in, I don't want to say involved in it, but at least they were actually sentenced for that as well. Not just for killing her mom. If right. that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so then from June to October of 19, they also had separate case, separate sentences for um, a lot of those. I don't want to say little ones here and there, but kind of those eight body parts that were found together in those concrete buckets and all that, all of those kind of were done all together. And they were totaled uh, 300 years is what they were sentenced for that. And then... That sounds like the most see. so far. Mm-hmm. Were they ever identified? You said four of them were identified, right? Yes, four of those, four of those eight were identified. So they admitted to at least 20, but obviously there's a lot more. Um, and that totaled over 300 years. And oh, in March of 2020, they added another femicide that they had, which added another 40 years to each of their already ongoing sentences. So I think somewhere I read that they in total ended up having over 657 years of sentences that so they're going to be in there forever. Plus, they had the life sentence. Mm-hmm. And this is all without chance at parole, right? Correct. Okay. I mean, I didn't read anywhere that they were even contemplating that. I mean, usually if you have a chance of parole, you also have a bond that you can try and obtain. They don't even have like a bond amount set. Like they're going to be in there forever. So right now they are actually currently at the Ecatepec and the Social Reintegration Center um, the right outside of Mexico City. So it's like so this couple, Yeah. These guys are never leaving. I hope not. And after not. all of the things that they did, I'm sure that they might not last very long in jail. <laughs> Alive. I'm actually kind of afraid, like, what if I was ever found and dismembered, but, like, they couldn't find, like, a hand or mm-hmm. my teeth for dental records i would never be known the four that were identified i think they were identified i should really really emphasize that i think they were identified but it was only because of their dna so i'm not sure if that was like literally their if they had traces of blood still or if they found their teeth or hair like i don't know what it was that they were able to find out that it was from four other women because the rest of the bodies were still from another four women they just couldn't identify who it was It is for sure that all of their victims were female and it ranged for the ages. So, because it's kind of like the the feet that wash up ashore. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, how nobody ever identifies that. And after they've been in the ocean for so long, like they're all waterlogged and bloated and gross. So, you can't like test it for anything. Yeah. There's no print. I wonder. When they're found in concrete, I mean, say, just for an example, if it's a foot in concrete, I mean, your, your toes also have um, the fingerprints. So does toe their print. fingerprints, toe prints? <laughs> <laughs> we are a hot mess today. <laughs> oh, man. So I wonder if their toe prints stay in the concrete as well. Depending on how the it got broken up. Yeah. Because you can't really like precisely break up concrete. Yeah. Not to mention, like, I don't know if you can extract DNA from that because doesn't concrete like leach away any moisture? And that's what I thought. But unless they were not being very careful with it, and I mean, what if the foot kind of just stuck out? And like I said, I'm assuming that they had traces of blood and hair and all that because. I mean, they don't look like the most clean people out there. And well, if they were feeding say. their organs to their dogs, I would assume that they lived up. And they killed multiple people in their house, in their bathrooms and stuff. 
I can't imagine that they really cleaned up all that blood and stuff like that, especially when uh, stabbing sure and splitting. I'm sure that's a black light nightmare. Yeah. Gross. Not, I mean, if you had this many dead people dismembered in your house, regardless of concrete or not, your house has got to stink. Right. Like How do the neighbors not know this? Right. Like, you just open the door and you would be able to smell it, I would assume. Yeah. Like, the house well, would just smell like death. Yeah, I think at one point, some of the neighbors even let this couple and their kids live with them for a certain amount of time. So I think neighbors are very suspicious of them. But since this is one of the most dangerous places for women, I think everyone was just sketched out of everyone. So even if they smelt it, I don't know that anyone would really be like, oh, well, it's them right there because. They probably like buried dogs or like pets and stuff in the backyard, too. So they didn't like think of it like, hey, they're tracking women and killing them in there. No, it's. But that would be a lot of pets to account for, too. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of questions. I'd like to see how many more sentences they get and what all they get. And I might kind of look into see if they ever release more details about that kind of stuff. I mean, as messed up as it is, and I feel awful for the families. And thank goodness that that two-month-old baby girl made it out alive. But that's that's the point where if you're the neighbor and you see something, say something. Oh, yeah. No matter where you're at, no matter how dangerous it is. Yeah. If you think there's a problem, say something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I just read an article about flight attendants. They were, like, talking about when you board the plane, what they're looking at. They're not just, like, smiling and waving you on. They're -hmm. looking for able-bodied people, so, like, military people, in case, you know, you go down and you need Mm -hmm. help. Or, like, big, burly guys that can get the doors open and help with any passengers that they need help with. Hmm. Um, Or like nurses and doctors, they're looking for those kinds of people in case they have an emergency on board. But I guess some of that is assuming that they're wearing their military uniform or something stating, making it obvious that they're a nurse. Yeah. The nurse and the doctor thing, I don't know how they know that unless like they put it you know how a lot of people in the medical field are like, I am doctor so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Like if they put that on their um, check-in, because you can put that, mm-hmm. what's it called? Prefix? Yeah, prefix on there. Or the last one was um, they were looking for human trafficking to see if like kids or women or even boys were being human trafficked getting on the flight. So yeah. if they saw something that looked suspicious, then they could radio for something. Yeah. They're not I just mean, like saying hi when you get on. They're like giving you I mean, I guess down. that makes sense. I mean, that's then, not something that I ever thought of. But then that also kind of makes you question that like if like I was telling you, you know, if I didn't book our our seats together, would they have made my my daughter and I sit separate on the plane? If they're looking for that kind of stuff, don't you think the flight attendants would be like, you know what, if this is your kid, you know, and you want to sit next to them, like, we'll make it happen. Whereas when you go up to the front, the counter, the check-in counter, and they're like, well, you didn't pay for your ticket, so you can't sit together type of thing, you know? I think it depends on the person. Like, they might look for seats for you to be able to sit on the plane, or they might, like, ask somebody to move. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're a family flying like that, they will upgrade someone else to a better seat so that you and your kids can sit together. So you might yeah. not get the better seat, but you'll be able to sit together, which is more yeah, important I mean, anyway. Yeah. At the end of the day, as long as I can sit next to my kiddos, I know I had somebody on Facebook that they went out, I want to say to LAX, I think, I think. And for some reason their seat wasn't with their kiddo and their kiddo was maybe like three or four. And I guess that the flight attendants would not let them sit together. Like they were, they were like, no, you didn't pay for your ticket. So this is where you're sitting and we're not asking anyone to move. And I guess this mom, rightfully so, threw a huge fit about it. And then somebody like some stranger on the plane was like, here, you can have my seat. And then like among the passengers, they made it work. So the mom could sit with their kid. I'm like, I don't think, I mean, yes, that's awesome that the passengers took it upon themselves. But when you're a flight attendant and the pilot and people checking you in, like, why would you want to separate them? Whether they paid or not, like also, three do you think it would cause a bigger issue for you knowing that your three or four year my three or four year old would not go and sit 
by yourself. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You're going to just be dealing with a screaming toddler an entire flight. Or you can take 30 seconds out of your day to say, hi, I have a family that wasn't able to book their tickets together. Would you mind switching them seats so that they can sit mm-hmm. together? Especially now with that. COVID. Especially now with COVID when everybody's so sketched out about being so close or even next to a complete stranger. Yeah, yeah You know what know, three and four-year-olds do? They look the back of their everywhere. seats. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Your chances of COVID are going up <laughs> if you don't move. Yeah. Good luck with that, sir. No. Or I wonder how in depth they go into their training um, when they're becoming flight attendants. What do you mean depth? Like, think. what's he search for? Like, it's, I think it probably depends on the airline, too. Or, like, if you fly internationally, mm-hmm. it's probably a bigger deal internationally, I would think. Well, I mean, and that's scary. Like, even when you're taking a kid on the plane, I mean, for my newborn son, they all they asked for on the way back was his birth certificate on the way there they didn't even care really like i had him on my carry little baby carrier thing they didn't even like look at him i walked the gates and like i don't even think anyone really acknowledged that i had a baby on me and on the way back like every time i stopped was stopped by someone they asked me um if i had his birth certificate and if i had social security card and all this stuff i'm like i mean yeah but i mean i wasn't questioned on my way down here but i'm being questioned when i'm going home like, that's kind of weird I've only ever been asked for his birth certificate and we've only had to show that um, when we check in, like they Mm. verify it and they look at the birth certificate and make sure like that's the age of your kid. And then that's it. That's all I've ever had to do, but that's only through Southwest. So I don't know how other airlines are, but they're pretty Mm. accommodating about that kind of stuff. As long as you have your proof. When you flew last time, did they, um, do any testing on your hands yeah they did um, they did testing on our hands and our both of you oh really? no just one. Oh, okay whoever went through with the say, kid okay they tested my hands on when i was mind you i flew through allegiant but when i um was leaving omaha i passed just fine on the way back I did not pass it and they did the whole pat down thing and they were like, do you want a private room? And then do you have a significant other that could carry your baby? I'm like, no. And my baby's sleeping and I'm not giving him to my 10 year old daughter. And they're like, well, we need to do a thorough pat down. I'm like, what what do you mean a thorough pat down? And like, so as soon as the cavity search or. Yeah, I was worried. And especially because they kept emphasizing, do you want to go to another room? Do you want to be in a private room? I was like, well, regardless, I'm not taking my sleeping baby off of me. So I don't know what you need to do to figure this out. But I mean, they had some loud, they weren't sirens, but everyone knew that my hands set off this little testing device thing. And so when that happened, like I instantly started sweating and I was like, oh my God, I, I put lotion on. Like, that's all I did. Like I washed my hands, I put lotion on, I came up here. Like that's like, I did not do anything. And they're like, no, it could be anything. It could be like, baby lotion it could be this the type of germex that you use you know baby wipes could set it off and i'm like well then you need to devise a better set it up yeah apparently it was the uh, um that steroid cream that he has for his eczema that set it off that's what i had just put on my hands from oh, putting it on gotcha. i saw his chin was freaking like panicking or whatever and so i don't know so then i was thankfully the gal that searched me she was like oh i'm i'm a nursing mom like i totally understand it but i still like this protocol so i have to cut you down and so she was like explaining it all and i was like was there a reason that they kept saying that like emphasizing i need to go into a separate room and they were like you know sometimes people are just very um on high alert about having other people watch them get pat down i'm like well and they said it was going to be a very thorough pat down. So like, what are you doing? She's like, well, I'll explain it. And before, as I'm going through and after, like nothing is going to happen as long as, you know, I don't find anything. And she was talking me through it all. And Ariana was standing there like, oh my God. And I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> it was not fun. I mean, I understand, you know, it having to be protocol and stuff, but you could tell people were like, come on, she has a baby. Like, what is she going to do? So then, you know, I had to explain to Ariana that there's a lot of people yeah. that try and get away with that kind of stuff. So when something like that happens, like you have to cooperate with them because if you start to refuse it, it starts to look suspicious. You don't have anything to hide. They're doing their jobs and they're trying to keep all the passengers here at the airport and on the plane like safe. So just do what they're telling you to do. If it starts to go wrong, then you scream for help. But I mean, it was fine. And 
you know, seeing your 10 year old freaking out and you also are like trying to keep it cool. There's just too much at once. <laughs> Our baby wipes set it off last time we flew with Lakin. So they did a thorough pet on me. Uh-huh. And the chick like legit like cupped my butt cheeks. Yeah, and this was like point. a 6 a.m. flight. <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was like, you want to take me out to dinner first or like coffee at least? <laughs> she was like, I know I need a cup of coffee too. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. I, like, I think you I think you've touched my butt more thoroughly than my husband has in the last that. two months. <laughs> I texted Jesse because I texted him right before I sat down and texted you and I was like, they just pat me down and he goes, Did they touch your butt? Yes. <laughs> they touched everything. <laughs> like I'm not Shut talking up. about this anymore. For some reason, oh, Mike always man. wears shorts that have, um, like, on the end, the little metal pieces mm-hmm. of the tie. Yeah. And he never, like, ties it up or anything to where it would be obvious. They're just, like, dangling down there. So he always gets, like, cooked <laughs> up there. And I'm like, you dingus. Like, don't <laughs> wear those. <laughs> Are you trying to get, like, felt up? I was going to say, you think he'd know by now. <laughs> He doesn't think about it. He just thinks, oh, these are the most comfortable shorts. <laughs> That's too funny. I'm just like, whatever, dude, you do you. Sometimes <laughs> this is going to be a sweaty big old man and you're going to be like, nope. <laughs> not cool with this. Oh, man. Take it. That's funny. So it sounds like we both have cases to watch now. Yes. Let's see what the final verdicts are. If these two even make it that far. I know. I'm surprised. I mean, granted, they were just arrested in what, 20, what did I say, 2018, 2019? But I'm surprised that they, is the death penalty a thing in Mexico? Honestly, I do not know. I should know that, but I do not know that. Because I haven't heard any of your cases have death penalties yet, which it seems like if they're at 600 years now and they still have several cases to go, why would death penalty be on? Yeah, the table by now or at least if I was a family member of one of those people I would be asking for the death penalty by now well and actually after this couple was arrested there was a lot of protests about um people like that like trying to get you know all of their missing women back because you know human trafficking is such a real thing on top of that when they go missing when they're you know adolescents and when they're children like it raises a whole nother flag so a lot of these cases definitely deserve the death penalty so i don't i guess i mean maybe they're not as serious with the death penalty if it's a thing well the other thing i guess that i just thought of was they aren't like mentally stable right i mean they have mental disorders but this couple is i mean the doctor said that they were perfectly capable of deciphering from right from wrong okay so i was gonna say maybe that's not on the table for them due to that fact that they weren't in their right mind whenever Mm -hmm. this happened because i know with other cases where they've been declared what is it mentally insane Mm -hmm. then that's not on the table and they likely don't go to a prison yeah. They go to a treatment facility, but it's for the rest of their life. Like, they're not able to get out. Well, I was going to say, I mean, this Juan Carlos even said, you know, if I get out of this, I'm going to. Hmm. They'd be stupid to let him out ever. We'll have to look and see if that's even on the table. Yeah, for I will. Week, but I will definitely confirm that next week. Because some of the things that people have done. I know. I'm like, maybe I'll find one that's not as intense. And then I'm like, oh, that's way worse than last week's. <laughs> that's why this week I just like went down a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't maybe it's my turn to do that. Just one. <laughs> yeah. And fairly new too. So, you know, there's going to be some good updates on that. Yeah. Just happened in the last two months. But we'll find out. We'll awesome. let you guys know when we, when we find out. Yes. Make sure that you guys subscribe. Yes, like, review, subscribe us on Apple. And let us know if there's anything you want to hear about. You can always email us. It's in the show notes. Yes. 
All right. Episode three. Woohoo. Yay. We'll see you next week for episode four. Bye. Bye.